Go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter. We're going to read the first eight verses. We're coming to the point of finishing the book of Ecclesiastes. This is the Word of God. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun, or the light, or the moon, or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease, because they are few, and those that look out of the windows be darkened. And the doors shall be shut in the streets, when the sound of the grinding is low. And he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail. Because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets, or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. Amen. We're going to talk this morning, among other things, about serving God and about getting older. Now, you probably don't mind talking about serving God. I don't know about getting older part. I did say to someone this morning, it does beat the alternative. And so I don't mind getting older. But here's how to tell if you're getting older. Everything hurts. Amen. And what doesn't hurt doesn't work. Okay? You sit in a rocking chair, but you can't get it going. Your knees buckle, but your belt won't. Now, some of us understand that one a lot better than others. I like this one. This is one of my favorites. That little gray-haired lady you helped across the street is your wife. And that's how to know you're getting older. You sink your teeth into a stake and they stay there. You decide to procrastinate, but you can't get around to it. Okay? We're all getting older. And then there was a poem several years ago. It became a bluegrass song. And I just took a few lines from it and it says this. Old age is golden, I think I've heard said, but sometimes I wonder as I crawl into bed, my ears in a drawer, my teeth in a cup, my eyes on the table until I wake up. As sleep dims my vision, I say to myself, is there anything else I should lay on the shelf? That's from the song, my get up and go has got up and went. We're all getting older and we're going to talk about that. Solomon is speaking to a young man in the words that he speaks this morning. But what he has to say is good for each and every one of us. He says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. George Bernard Shaw once said, youth is wasted on the young. And folks, there's some truth to that. And here's why it's true. Because many times young people are so wrapped up in their own lives some young people are so wrapped up in enjoying themselves and in planning for the future that they don't take any thought about getting older. 
We don't have a whole lot of real young people in here this morning, but I will tell you this. I was young once, and it seemed like it was just yesterday. And all of a sudden, I turned around, and I'm gray, and some things hurt, and some things don't work, you know? And so it just, it happened seemingly all of a sudden. But young people seem to be more committed to themselves than they are committed to God and to serving God. And therefore, there seems to be a deep sense of a lack of commitment to God many times, not only in young people, but in young adults. I was looking around. I mentioned this to Erin. I said I pick on her, but I mentioned this to her last Sunday. I got to looking at some of the young adults we have. And you know, we have the makings for a really good young adult group already. I could name just... Uh, several couples right offhand, and we're getting a new couple come June 11th. And so we could have a real strong basis of a young adult group in this church. And we want them to be dedicated to God, dedicated to the Lord through this church. Well, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 7 through the 12th chapter is Solomon's challenge to young people that they should serve the Lord while they are still young. Here we have the aged Solomon. He's looking back on his life. You know, Solomon was a wise man, but he didn't always act wisely. He took wives of foreign kings who were idol worshipers, and he fell into idol worship. And he did so many things that we've read about here in this book of Ecclesiastes. And he's been searching for purpose in his life. And what he tells this young man or his readers that he's speaking to here is that, get ready, the evil days are coming. You need to serve God right now. You need to be faithful to God right now because the evil days are coming. And you might agree with me on this. You might not. But this has been my experience. By the time you realize that you need to do something to make your life matter, you're no longer able to do it. You just look back on your life and say, I had this opportunity and I had this opportunity. And why, oh, why did I let it pass by? As we age, the brevity of life becomes all too real to us, doesn't it? James said your life is a vapor that appears for a little while. And the reality of that sets in when you get the age of some of us. I'm not going to say everybody's that age, but you get to the age of some of us. The reality of that sets in and you look back and you say, where did it go? Somebody said you're only as old as you feel. Somebody else said age is like weight. It's just a number. Well, all of that is true, but whatever the case Remember what Psalm 49 verses 10 through 12 tells us. For he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person perish and leave their wealth to others. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, nevertheless, he says, man being in honor abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. You know what he says? You can name your land after yourself. You can store up riches and great wealth and all of these things, but it's going to come down to this final thing of passing away, passing from this life, passing into eternity. And that's what Solomon is saying here in verse 1 of this 12th chapter of Ecclesiastes. I told the Sunday school class, I gave them a heads up, a head start on the message. I said, there's only two main points to this message this morning. And the two main points are this. Number one is, remember your creator before you decline. Now, we'll explain that in a moment. 
And the other one is this. Remember your creator before you die. Because declining and ultimately dying is coming to all of us. First of all, he says, remember your creator before you decline. That's verses one through five. And first of all, he talked about, he gives some direction before aging. Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth, he says, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. That word remember has the idea of bearing in mind. Keep God in your mind. Keep God foremost in your thoughts. Think of him. You know, I don't know how often, I've wondered many times, how often people think about God. I wrote an article one time about God consciousness. We're conscious of God on Sunday. We may be conscious of God on Wednesday if we go to church Wednesday night, but are we conscious of God every day of our lives and throughout the day, each and every day of our lives? God is real. God cares about us. He's concerned about us. And are we concerned about serving him faithfully and living for him? And so there's the idea of remembering your creator, keeping him in your mind. And then the evil days, what are they? They're days that are difficult. They're days that are distressing. They're days that are painful. They're days that are just hard to bear sometimes. And Solomon says, it's coming. I don't care how young you are. Or how old you are. You may say, I'm already in the evil days. Well, you may be. I may be. But there's some evil days coming. Well, what are evil days that he's talking about? Well, those evil days Solomon's talking about here, he's telling young people to serve God while they're young because the hour is coming, and we who are older all too well know this, that the older you get, many times the more difficult it is to do things, even to serve God. You know, we have folks who are members of this church who would love to be here today, but because of physical ailments, maybe because we've had a couple of folks fall recently, and for that reason, they're not able to be here today. We have some that are confined to care homes and care centers that are not able, who would love to be able to be here today. And as you get older and this body begins to wear out, I'm talking, this is the declining part, this body begins to wear out, sometimes it just gets more and more difficult to do the things that you once did. Some of our folks can't get out as much as they used to get out. I understand that. Some can't get out at night. Some would be here tonight. Some would be here Wednesday night, but they have trouble maybe getting out and driving or whatever at night. And another reason that he says, remember thy creator in the days of thy youth is this, because relatively few people come to know Christ as Savior in their older years. Now that's not saying that an older person cannot be saved. An older person can be saved just like a younger person. But the statistic is this, that 89%, listen to 89% of those people who are saved were saved before they were 18 years of age. That's why it is so critical that young children be in church, be under the word of God, be hearing the word of God. Each and every opportunity there is because about the time they reach 18 years of age, they think they're grown, they're ready to leave home. And if God and godliness are not set in them at a young age. It's very hard to get them back when they get older. Amen. Again, it's not that an older person can't be saved. It's just if they don't come when they're young, they probably never will. And so that's why Solomon said the days are coming 
The evil days are coming when you will say, I don't have any pleasure in those days. I said it's not fun to get older. It beats the alternative. But how many of us have ever thought or said this? Boy, if I were just five years younger. Oh man, if, if I had known what I know today 10 years ago, if I had known what I know today 20, 30 years ago, just think of all of the changes that I would have made in my life if I had just known those things. Do we ever look back to those days and kind of wish, well, I wish they were here again. I mean, I'd just love to go back to a $1.50 gasoline. <laughs> Any of that would help. But do we ever look back at those days and miss those days and wish we could relive them? For, for the young people that are here and for the young adults, and the young adults are young people that may be watching by way of live stream, remember this. Someone called it the wheel of life. The wheel of life is always turning and the years pile up before you know it. I think I mentioned last week or maybe the week before Job in the seventh chapter of Job verses six and seven. He says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life is wind. Mine eyes shall no more see good. Job said it went by like that, just like the wind. Job chapter 8 verse 9. For we are but of yesterday and know nothing because our days upon earth are a shadow. How long does a shadow last? Not long. And then it's gone. Job chapter 9 verse 25. Job says his life is swifter than a post. You know what a post was there? It's a run. It's a rush. And Job says my life is just rushing by. I can't do anything to slow it down. I'm not going to tell you all about my day, but I get up in the morning, I go straight to the coffee pot first, all right? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest there. I go straight to the coffee, and then I go to the computer, and I start working. And I'll get involved in something, and all of a sudden I look up, and it's 10, 10.30 in the morning. And I go back to work, and then I look up, and it's noon or, or afternoon, and it seems like I've been there just a few minutes. And it's just like time is rushing by. Time is speeding by. In Job chapter 10 verse 5, he asked, are not my days few? In Job chapter 14 verse 1, he said, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Job said it's speeding by. Psalm 90 verse 10 says, our days are three score and ten. And he said, if you happen to get more than that, thank the Lord for that. But then he says in verse 12, we ought to number our days. Psalm 103 verse 15 says our days are as grass. And the grass grows up and you go cut it down and it grows up and you cut it down and it's a constant process. But we don't have to be all down in the dumps just because we're getting older. Because Proverbs chapter 10 verse 27 tells us this. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. Our days are short. Our days seem to be rushing by. But if we will have that reverent respect and that fear of God, the word of God says that prolongeth our days. Before you know it, those that are young, you know what's going to happen to them? They're going to be old. That's what's going to happen to young people. And that's what Solomon is saying. He's saying, young person, you listen to me. One of these days you're going to be like me. You know, back when I was probably Dorothy's age, maybe a little bit older, I thought people in their 60s and 70s sure are old. They're not that old anymore. <laughs> They're getting younger every year. But these young people are going to turn out just like us one of these days and be old like us. 
See, young people aren't thinking about getting old right now. I know when I first started pastoring, my wife told me for various reasons, she said, you know, you need to put up in an IRA about, even if you can do it $25 a month, you know, just in an IRA because one of these days old age is going to get there. I didn't listen to her. But guess what? Old age came and the IRA wasn't, wasn't really there. But they're not thinking about getting old. You're not planning on getting old. It's going to happen. Now, especially for the guys, your hair is going to get like this one of these days. Now, the reason I say that is because we don't color our hair most of the time, and some do. But one of these days, your hair is going to be just like this. Listen, the moment you were born, you began to die. You ever think of it that way? The moment you took your first breath, you began to die. The aging process is going on, and it has been, and it will continue. And what Solomon is saying is in light of the thought of what's coming to you, when the sun, the light, the moon, the stars are darkened, and the rain cloud follows rain cloud, how should you live? Let me ask this, how much time do you have on this earth? Well, there's not a one of us that knows. Our mother used to say this, we're all going to die if we live long enough. And that's true. We're all going to come to that point where life ends. I know that young people, young adults want to be respected, especially when it relates to serving the Lord in the church. I'll tell you how to guarantee that. You just step right up and you show people that I'm serious about my commitment to the Lord. I'm serious about serving God. I'm serious about my commitment to this church and to the things of God. Because again, sadly, so many young people who are saved seem not to be committed. They seem to be more committed to the world and to worldliness than they are to God. So age and old age is coming. But then he gives us a description of this aging process. And that's the verses that we read beginning in about verse 3. And here's what Solomon does. He takes a picture of an old house and he relates parts of the house to the parts of the body and I think I mentioned not long ago they did an experiment one time, took a house, built it, just left it alone, and in 20 years it had decayed and fallen in. And so he gives a description of the aging process in verse 2. He's talking about a time when the days grow short and hardship stacks upon hardship. Look at what he says, the clouds return after the rain. Doesn't it just seem like as we get older that one problem follows another, one difficulty, one ache, one pain, one illness, one right after another, there just doesn't seem to be any rest. And Solomon's giving us a poetic description of the infirmities of old age or of the aging process. Matthew Henry said this. I'm going to just read a portion of it. The sun, moon, light, and stars look dim to old people in consequence of the decay of their sight. Their countenance is clouded and the beauty and luster of it are eclipsed. Their intellectual powers and faculties, which are as lights in the soul, are weakened. Their understanding and memory fail them, and their apprehension is not so quick, nor their fancy so lively as it had been. The days of their mirth are over. Light is often put for joy and prosperity, and they have not the pleasure either of the converse of the days or the repose of the night. That's the way he described getting older. So again, the clouds returning after the rain, one storm after another, one problem after another. And then beginning in verse 3, he paints this very vivid picture. He talks about the keepers of the house shall tremble. Well, what are the keepers of the house? It's a reference to the arms and to the hands 
of an elderly person. And many times as we get older and our muscles weaken, our hands begin to tremble. Our hands begin to shake. Verse 3, he talks about the strong men bowing themselves. He's talking about the legs and the knees and the back. And we've all seen it as a person grows older and their legs and knees and back begin to weaken. They begin to walk a little stooped over. We have some cameras around our house and I saw me walking the dog the other day and I said, you walk like an old man. I said, quit that. Straighten up. Walk. But we do that as these muscles grow weaker. The grinders cease because they are few. You know what that is? The teeth begin to fall out. And suddenly we can take our teeth out at night and put them in a cup. Those that look out the windows, he says, shall be darkened. That's the darkening and the failing of the eyesight. You know, you go to the eye doctor when you're young, and boy, you got 20-20 vision, and then all of a sudden he said, well, you need glasses. And you keep going back, and about age 40, he says, oh, you need bifocals. And you keep going back, and then he says, oh, you need trifocals. And then they start to treat you for cataract and glaucoma, and they start to treat you for macular degeneration. So here's a picture of someone losing their eyesight. They were once young and full of strength and full of vigor and they had good eyesight and now the crippling effects of old age are beginning to attack the body and are beginning to set in. Look at verse 4. He says, The doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. If the teeth are the grinding stones, then the grinding mill is the mouth and the doors would be the lips. Now you've seen people portray old people without any teeth and they sort of turn their lips in and walk around that way portraying an old person. That's what he's talking about as the lips just sort of begin to turn in a little bit. And they don't eat much because they don't have teeth to chew with. Solomon's giving us a picture. He shall rise at the noise of the burden. Boy, how I'm familiar with this one. You know what he's talking about? The inability to sleep. The inability to sleep as age sets in. I don't know why we do it. It may not be for you, but as I've grown older, it just seems like I can sure sleep less. Well, in the night, I can sleep real good during the daytime. The deacon gave me a recliner. That is a dangerous recliner because if I sit down in it, I'm out. You know, I, just, I go sound asleep. So it's, it's hard to sleep many times at night. You go to bed, we'll stay up very late. We'll have an alarm set for early in the morning. We don't get a lot of sleep at night. But I tell you what, I get in that recliner, I'm going to get my nap. That's what he's talking about. The daughters of the music shall be brought low. I don't want to hear your amens on this one. Here's a reference to his diminished hearing. Thank you. Either that or you said amen and I didn't hear it. I don't know which that is. But sounds that were once clear and very distinct become very difficult to hear as you grow older. Not counting the many things that you do to yourself along the way of listening to, oh, how I wish we had a room full of teenagers right now because I would warn them about all this loud music in the cars. They're going to be deaf by the time they're 30. I spent six years, you know, like this, with headphones and music turned up in a little booth in a radio station. By the time they're 30, they're not going to be able to hear well because of what they're doing to their ears right now. Along with that, the hearing loss that comes with aging. And so some things have to be repeated over and over and over. 
And verse 5, also when they shall be afraid of that which is high and fear shall be in the... You know what? We become afraid of falling when we get older. I said we've had two people falling last week. We become... Why? Because the footing and our, our balance and our ability to stay steady is certainly not there. And so climbing a ladder becomes something you don't need to do. Walking around on unlevel ground presents a danger of injury, and so you dare not go there. Somebody said that's why you don't see a lot of old people at Black Friday sales. We're afraid of falling. And things that would not have bothered us in our youth create fear today. I remember growing up, we had a neighbor across the street that had a garage detached from the house. And one of the things we used to do is climb up on that garage and jump off. That was fun. I don't even want to climb up on the garage today, folks, much less jump off. So things that didn't bother us at one time bother us today. You know, as I've grown older, and, you know, we didn't have children until we were older, and so I saw all the dangers in everything because I was older. And then he says the almond tree shall flourish. That word flourish has the idea of bloom. Now, you know what color an almond tree blossom is? Hint. It's white. And so he's talking about the hair turning white or the hair turning gray. For some folks, it turns loose. But as we get older, our hair begins to turn white. The grasshopper shall be a burden. And he's talking about this individual just sort of dragging himself along. You ever watch the grasshopper at the end of summer? And they seem to just sort of drag along. Well, that's what he's talking about. This elderly person just dragging himself along. And then he says in verse 5, desire shall fail. Well, what are you talking about, Solomon? This is the aging process. Desire shall fail. He suffers a loss of appetite for all things and sometimes even life itself. That's the aging process. Matthew Henry again said, Old men become mindless and listless and the pleasures of sense are to them tasteless and sapless. With strength and energy gone, the desire for accomplishing things diminishes and sometimes disappears. That's the description of the aging process. Well, what is the destiny then of the one that's aging? Look at what he says in the end of verse 5. Man goes to his long home. Man goes to his long home. Long home is a phrase that's usually referred to eternity. Solomon's talking about nearing the grave. He's talking about coming to the end of one's life when this spirit departs this body. And they take this body, he says, talked about the mourners walking around in the streets. They take this body and they put it in the grave because it has passed from life. The spirit has departed it. And he's telling us all of these things that are taking place in our bodies ought to be a subtle reminder to us. Death is real and death is coming. Hebrews 9.27, as it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. How many of us, I don't want a show of hands, but how many of us today can identify with the things that Solomon has said? We probably all can to some degree. You know, many times, and I'm not making light, I just think sometimes it's kind of funny. Many times you ask for prayer requests in a Baptist church and it sounds like an organ recital. My heart, my liver, my lungs, and just something's gone wrong with every 
part of our body. But just because there are problems, now I'm going to, I've gotten you low, now I'm going to lift you up, all right? Just because there are problems, and I mean real problems, it does not mean that even in our later years that our lives are in vain, folks. Some of the most wonderful and faithful people that I've seen in the Lord's churches were in their 60s, 70s, 80s, even into their 90s. We all remember Sister Mary, and unfortunately she's not able to be with us, but she just turned 94, and what a joy it is and what an encouragement it is to us to think about how faithful she has been. And even today, praise for us and praise for this preacher and praise for this church. And the notion that aging is a negative process is a misguided notion. Listen to Proverbs 16, 31. Now when it talks about the hoary head, it's talking about the white head, like the hoarfrost in the morning, okay? The hoary head is a crown of joy if it be found in the way of righteousness. Stay true to God. In the ages of decline, in the process of declining, stay true to God. And it'll be a wonderful time for you. As a preacher, as a pastor, I'm enjoying myself more today, I think, than I did when I was younger. I think there's more to appreciate. Even though times have changed and this world has gone the way it has and our nation has gone the way it has, there's so much preaching that needs to be done. There's so much teaching that needs to be done. And so it doesn't have to get us down just because we're getting older. Well, again, remember thy creator in thy decline, but remember your creator before you die. Again, if anything, our age should cause us to get more intimately involved in laboring for the Lord. You know, that's one of the things I tell people. I don't have time to play games. I came to this church almost nine years ago now, and one of the things I said is I'm not looking to climb any ecclesiastical ladders. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like this is the last church I'll ever pastor. I'm not planning on going anywhere. And if you decide you don't want me, then I'll just go sit at home. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Or something. But again, we just realize we're coming to that point and and we ought to be more intimately involved. I want to preach the Word. I want to see people come to know Christ. I want to see people committed to Christ as the Word of God is preached. We don't have to slow down just because we're in the golden years. I pastored in an association many years ago that had a golden years retreat. And we weren't going to let the kids take over youth camp. We were going to have our own, you know. And you're over 50 and 60 and that age, and we'd go up there, and we'd just have a good old time. The worst part of it was in a dorm with all those old men snoring every night. But I tell you what, it was a good time. We would have these golden years retreats. We can still be active. We can still serve the Lord even in our golden years. Somebody say, well, I can't get out of the house much. I can't do much. Preacher, what can I do? You can do just like Sister Mary. You can pray for this church every day. Pray for the pastor every day. You can get on the telephone and talk to people, invite people to church, encourage church members, whatever, even if you can't get out of the house. Verse 6. We're almost done. Describes in very vivid language the end of life. And the first thing he mentions is a silver cord and a golden bowl. Just imagine a beautiful golden bowl hanging. And it's hanging by a silver cord. And maybe it has oil in it. And maybe it's offering or supplying a light or a flame in that golden bowl. And then for whatever reason, the silver cord unravels. The silver cord breaks. And the bowl comes crashing down. 
and breaks right there on the floor, spilling its oil all over the place. That's a picture of the suddenness of death. We don't know when it's coming. The light goes out and it has ended. One of us, and I'm not a prophet and I'm not the son of a prophet, but it could be that one of us will not be here tomorrow. You realize that? Many times when I've preached to people, I've asked this question and I've asked this question this morning. If you can guarantee me, guarantee me, absolutely guarantee me that you can leave here and get home alive, raise your hand. And nobody can. Because we are not guaranteed one more moment, one more second. David said, there's but a step between me and death. Here's another picture. You're thirsty. You go to a fountain, you're expecting to get a drink of water, only to find that the pitcher for drawing the water is broken. And you can't get the water. What a disappointment. What sadness that is. And death brings disappointment. And death brings sadness. He's talking about the end of life. Or the wheel at the well. Somebody said that's the windlass. I don't know terms about wells. and So I'm going to accept what they called it. The wheel at the well breaks. And what happens to the bucket? Falls down in the well. And you know what? You can't draw water from that well ever again. It's gone. And so it's lost. These are pictures of death that Solomon gives us. And it's final. It's death is terminal. Listen to what Solomon says here. He says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. The body goes back to the ground. What did God tell Adam in the third chapter of Genesis? You came from dust, you're going to dust, bud. That's what's going to happen to you. And we know that. And Solomon gives it very clearly to us here. And the Spirit returns for the child of God to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Please don't ever forget that one day every one of us who is saved will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we will give an answer for our lives whether we have been faithful or unfaithful. And those who don't know Christ as Savior will stand before the great white throne judgment of God. I'll say again, I believe it's pictured in the seventh chapter of the book of Matthew where Jesus said, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not preached in your name and cast out demons in your name and in your name done many wonderful works? And he said, I'll say unto you in that day, depart from me. I never knew you, ye that work iniquity. I never had a relationship with you. A relationship with God through Jesus comes through repentance toward God and faith in Jesus Christ. Listen. This life, this life in this flesh is not going to be relived. There's no such thing as reincarnation. You're not going to come back as something higher or something lower. It's appointed unto man once to die. You say, well, what can I do? Because Solomon says vanity of vanities, all is vanity. How can I keep from calling my life vanity? How can I keep from calling these declining years and these departing years? How can I keep from calling them vanity? What must we do? Number one, listen to these. Regardless of your age, stay tender hearted before the Lord. There's so many saved people that seem to grow hard hearted as they get older. I told you I pastored a deacon one time. He quit coming to church and his attitude was, I'm saved, my family's saved, we're all saved. We're going to go out and enjoy life now. That's the wrong attitude. Stay tender hearted before the Lord. In spite of problems, in spite of pains, 
maintain a sweet spirit. I'll say again, so many people, say people get hard-hearted. Exhibit a Christ-life demeanor, even as an older person, okay? So that other people can see Jesus in you. That's how to keep from making this thing vanity, this life a vanity. Number two, remain enthusiastic about life. So many people just get toward the end of life and want to give up and want to quit and say, well, that's it, it's over, you know. And it's like they say, well, I'm just going to sit here and wait till God calls me home. No, have some enthusiasm about life. You know, I'm going to be real honest with you. Up here, I'm still about 18. Now, out here, I'm not, okay? <laughs> but up here, I'm still about 18 years of age. I like to sort of think that way, and sometimes it gets me in trouble, but otherwise. But listen to Deuteronomy 34, verse 7. And Moses was 120 years old when he died, and his eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. You know what? Moses hadn't given up on life. Moses didn't get to go in the promised land, but he said, Lord, I want to go up and look at it. I just want to see what everybody else is going to get if I can't go there. And he, I believe he was enthusiastic and enjoyed getting to see the promised land. Number three, leave a legacy. Leave a legacy. Pass down your faith in God to others. Leave a mark of faithfulness to God on your family. Leave a mark of faithfulness to God on your church. Leave a mark of faithfulness to God on your community. So when people think of you, they'll think or they'll say something like, well, I don't know much about them, but I know what, they were faithful to God all the way up to the very end. Psalm 71 verse 18, I think reveals the desire that we should have. Listen to it. Now also, I love this. Now also when I'm old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Lord, let me live until I can show your power to this entire generation, all of my family, my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids. However, I want to be able to show your power to everyone that's here and everybody that's to come after me. And then, number four, look at your life. Look at your life. Examine it not by what people say and not even by the way we feel, but examine it by the Word of God. Is there some productive way I can serve God in my church, in my community? Our dad was in his 50s when he had his accident. Preacher went to see him. This was the preacher that had married him and mom, and they were very good friends. And he went to see him, and he told him this about the accident. The accident should have taken the life of anybody. And Dad lived, and so he told him this, God has a purpose for you. Find it. That's all he had to say to him. He was a man of few words. And folks, that's what we need to do as we grow older. Know that God has a purpose for us. God wants us to do something. We need to find what God wants us to do and develop a desire to do something in service of God before your life is over. I don't want to go out of this life, this world, having wasted my time upon this earth. So in conclusion, you remember the Spanish explorer Ponce de Leon? Why did he come to the Americas? What was he looking for? The fountain of youth. And I think today people are still looking for the fountain of youth. Oh, you can take this pill and you'll feel 10 years younger. You'll take this medicine and you'll feel 20 years younger. People are looking and he didn't find the fountain of youth and he eventually did what everybody else did. He died. There is no fountain of youth. 
And the truth is, as long as we are in this world, or the longer that we're in this world, the older we're going to become. I said at the outset, getting old is rough, but it sure beats the alternative. Our text suggests two, maybe three ways we can live our lives. As a young person or as a young adult, you can accept Christ into your life and you can live for Him. That's a good thing. So many who are young, again, reject Christ. They don't think about Christ. They don't think about salvation. And they become callous to the Word of God and callous to the wooing of the Holy Spirit. And they die having rejected Jesus Christ as Savior. As an older person, as an aging person, we might have to look back and say, you know, there's a lot of years I hadn't lived for the Lord. But you know what? I'm going to start living for Him. Because here's what I'm going to do. And I'm borrowing this from Vance Havner. He had a wonderful message on this. I'm going to make him Lord of what's left. I hadn't had him as Lord of the first part of my life. But whatever years I have left, he's going to be Lord. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to be faithful to him. Or you can live only for self and give God the crumbs of your life and make him Lord of the leftovers. Now, as I thought about that, I thought about this. If you had a choice of a plate full of old cold leftovers of a hot fresh meal, which would you choose? God deserves and God desires the first and the best and the finest of our lives. And if we haven't given him that, we can at least make him the Lord of what's left. Somebody said this and I liked it. You can live for a worthy cause. You can live for your country. You can even live for those you love. But all of that means absolutely nothing if you forget your Creator. If you reject Christ and you reject living for Him, it means absolutely nothing. So, if you're a child of God, God's made you and God saved you for a purpose. So, I would say, I think what Solomon's saying right here, find that purpose. Find that purpose. Find why God saved me and why God made me and then fulfill that purpose. Remember your Creator if you're young in the days of your youth. Remember your Creator if you're not young. You're like some of the rest of us and you're getting older every day. Remember your Creator in your decline. But certainly remember your Creator before you die and give your life in service to God.